Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Come in. Now, no more hit free. Welcome to Raw Impressions number 42. Lou continues to play excerpts from Insanity number 1, a tape from his childhood friend Mark Harris. Join in. Join in. Check it out. Check out the tape that Mark sent Lou in 1982. Three. Check it out. Ooh. You want me to sit here and start screaming at the top of my lungs? No. No. Are you making a tape for anybody? What? You're going to make a tape and just scream on the tape? I mean, that's kind of weird, too. Really, when you stop and think about it. You're going to send a tape to Lou that's nothing but screaming? No. I don't even think Lou is going to want to listen to some screeching over the tape. I started that argument just so that you could listen to something interesting. Hello. Hello. Do you believe? Once in a while. Do you believe? Once in a while. In Peter Pan? Yeah. You believe in Peter Pan? Oh, yeah. That's terrific. Do you yeah. believe in Skippy? Oh, yeah. What about Jeff? It's all right. Velvet? Oh, yeah. All right. Do you believe in Andrew Tobias? Believe what? Do you believe in the Rolling Stones? Oh, yeah. Do you believe in the sports section of the Jackson Citizen Patriot? <laughs> Do you believe in Q106? Do you believe in Q106? I hate him. All right. Do you believe in red plaid shoes? And little girls on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> that was Mark blowing his nose, accompanied by his his brother Ken on guitar. <laughs> A little backup for uh, the nose blowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also want to point out, people might not know this, but when he says... Do you believe in Peter Pan? That was actually referring to a, a peanut butter commercial that mm. was out mm-hmm. at the time. Like, I think it was, if you believe in peanut butter, you believe in Peter Pan. Was Peter Pan the name of the peanut butter then? Yeah. That must be, huh? Peter Pan Is that, peanut butter? Do you know Peter Pan peanut butter? Mm-mm, I don't uh, think he goes so. Through, he goes through a whole list there, like velvet. Yeah, it was also like velvet. Yeah, Jif. Well, velvet. <laughs> Skippy. Uh huh. Yeah, they were all that kind of like. That velvet better be a smooth ass peanut butter if that's that's what it's talking about. Is it still around? You gotta wonder. I don't know. I guess I'm gonna have to look that up. Regional re- regional peanut butter. Hmm. Michigan, 1982 or three. You know, I was. I'm kind of playing fast and loose with these dates. I don't know. I think maybe the tape was from <laughs> early 93, 1983. 
1983. Yeah. I was thinking about the guy engaging with Mark that Mark was prank calling and I was kind of like having this light bulb moment this realization that some people bite when you would do those prank calls back in the day some people would hang up but the ones who would bite it's almost like you can't get rid of them you can't get them off the phone with you and I had this light bulb moment that that is like that is it was early version of social media. Oh, like a very personal social yeah, media. Yeah, well, which, you know, social media still can be like that, too. But it's like, it was sort of like Twitter, but like a one-on-one interaction with a stranger on Twitter, which does happen. It happens to people all the time. Like, someone will say something on Twitter, like, gosh, I loved Bob Barker from The Price is Right. I'm so sad that he he died, which... Rip. Bob. He's dead. <laughs> what? You didn't see? I'm joking. I oh, know. I was I, like, um, that's horrible. By Bob, the way, I love Bob Barker. Just a side note here. Lou was unaware that Bob Barker was still alive, and had only just perished. When he, I really one of my lifelong ambitions was to to go to the Price is Right oh, while Bob Barker was there, and then he same. he passed away. I had so... I mean, like, I would just watch the Price is Right. I'm diverting, but let me finish my thought. But so what I was thinking is, someone could say, like, I love Bob Barker from the Price is Right, but they just put that tweet out there, and a total stranger could be like, I love Bob too. And then they're just like, let's chat about Bob Barker. I mean, this guy on the phone with Mark there, he was game. He, he could have just sat there all night riffing with him. I think he, he was lonely. He, he lost wanted him to at, engage. He lost him at uh, red plaid shoes. Yeah, and Sunday girls or something like that. He Little was like, girls on Sunday morning. He's like, yeah. He was like, click, hang up. Well, I wonder if people actually ever made friends with someone who prank called them. I don't know. People make friends. People made plenty yeah. of friends over Twitter. That's true. You we know what? That. I bet people have made phone calls from. Let's just say they have. Wow. Let's it just all, assume that they have. It all started with, uh, "Do you have Prince Albert in a can?" And we've been friends ever since. (laughs) It all started with, is your refrigerator running? And look at us now. We've been lifelong (laughs) friends. (laughs) Can we talk about Bob Barker somewhere? Sure. I just, well, I didn't expect to talk about him, but um, I was just noticing nice tributes and things like that to him. And uh, a woman that I know a little bit, uh, her name is Shane Lalonde, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, She is married to Lair from Primus, the bass player of Primus. I met her when Dino was touring with Primus. She was on tour uh, with her two kids, Mm -hmm. and she was really, really... The drummer of Primus. No, the the bass player. Lair is the bass player. No, Lair's the drummer. Okay, then she's with... Les Claypool. The... No, she's with the bass player. Not less. She's with the other guy. Don't fight. You're both wrong. Less. Just. Lair isn't the drummer. Hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. I'm going to look it up. Les Claypool is the bass player. Okay. Maybe he's the guitar player, Lair. Maybe he's a guitar player. Right, exactly. He plays one of those instruments. (laughs) (laughs) They're a guitar. They are a power trio guitar, bass, and drums. Oh, sorry. Larry Lalonde is the guitar player. Okay. See, I didn't know either. 
Yeah, see, we, you know. called him the drummer. I know. I wasn't. We were on tour with him for what, like four weeks. Okay, so we're and both I never, wrong. I never figured. But that I out. did know that he played a guitar-like instrument. <laughs> yes, Larry. So he goes by Lair, though. Um, so his wife is Shane Lalonde, and I, I, let me just make sure I have that correct. But um, should I play a prank phone call while you do that? One more of Mark's. Prank. No, sorry, oh. Shane. Yes. So anyway, she. Uh, we got to talking, you know, while on this tour, and she was um, on The Price is Right. That was her job for a, a Barker's, very, very long time. A Barker's Beauty. She was a Barker's Beauty, and um, she had a really wonderful experience on the show, and I was looking at her Instagram tribute to Bob Barker, and it was very touching. Wait a minute, did he just die? Yes. What? Just like the other day. Oh, I thought he died a long time ago. <laughs> No. I thought he was going to do Price is Right until he dropped dead. So when he, he was off of Price is Right, I'm like, oh, he must be dead. He, <laughs> Why would he ever put down the microphone? No, no, he just Unless he died. literally just three, not. three days ago. Oh, man. Well, he was old. Yeah. She, okay, so she was on the show for seven years. Yeah, well, we could go on and on about the Price anyway, is Right. Bob Barker just died. And, okay, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was in his 90s, I think. I would hope so. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to be on that show. I I love that show. I really, really wanted to guess the the big, you know, package, the number at the end. And I wanted to win. Showcase the, showdown. Yeah, the showcase showdown. And I really wanted to win. I really wanted to win, damn it. I wanted to win both. I wanted to win... Literally anything they put what up is there. It, what is it? How how close do you have to be to win both? I don't know. Pretty close. Pretty close. Between 1974 and 1998, one had to bid within $99 of the actual price of your showcase to win both showcases. And I also wanted to spin that wheel so bad. I saw the wheel. Yeah. Did you touch it? I touched the wheel. Did you spin it? I did not spin it. That seemed like it would be a little obnoxious. So why were you on the set of The Price is Right, but you weren't the a contestant? Very first, the very first Dinosaur Jr. Uh, public appearance, reunion public appearance in, in 2005, 2005? Okay. was on the Craig Ferguson show, hmm. which, was, uh, which was taped at the CBS uh, television studios in... in- on Beverly Boulevard. Oh, in West Hollywood? In West Hollywood. Okay. So when we did the Craig Ferguson show, the, the guy who was leading us around, sort of like the watchman, the guy, you know, the, he's like, do you want to see the Price is Right set? <laughs> so do I? Yeah. But it wasn't really the set, but it was where they put all of the, all the games. There was just mm. this huge row of games. Oh, my God. And you could sort of wander around and be like, oh, there's the... Plinko. Your little, old little, old little, old, you know, the one, the, the little... Yes. The mountain guy oh goes Oh, my God, I love that one. And he tried to get him to the top without mm-hmm. him plunging to his death over the, <laughs> the hump. If you... You know, the whole thing is that you have to guess... You can't guess over... Like, if you were $5 over on your showcase, uh-huh. you're not going to win the showcase. Right. Even though you're so close, but oh, you're over. So it has to be under. You're, you're over the cliff. It's like death. Yeah. So you got to be Gosh. under. That's very serious. Well, you know what? The, the Price is Right also managed to, like, somehow that 
hazy vision of the price and ri- price is right, I would desire anything they put up there. I mean, and I don't, I don't typically desire all of those things. Like they could be like, and here's a brand new vacuum and here's a brand new, you know, tire repair kit. And I was like, oh my God, those are all amazing. You know, we have a piece of the Price is Right set on our refrigerator. We do. I very proudly have it there. I tell this story all the time, but I haven't told it on the podcast yet. But while I was wandering through this maze of these machines, or excuse me, the games, which were also machines, Mm -hmm. actually, Mm -hmm. um, kind of held together by like duct tape and rubber bands honestly interesting um walking through my childhood like that but i grabbed i grabbed a a a red sign that said mower on it because i was so you actually stole something i stole something from it i did well how did you get out of there holding that sign i put it down my pants you did not i did (laughs) oh my god it's like how i used to steal uh magazines at the magazine shop it was like a nudie mag. You just put the mower sign right, right down your pants. Right down my pants. Front or back. Gross. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. how I, you know, walking in the house. Uh-huh. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Going upstairs. <laughs> Locking my door. Okay. I didn't have a lock on my door. The bathroom did, though. <laughs> let's get back to uh, let's get back to insanity number one. <laughs> let's get back to Mark. My, let's get my, back to Mark. My dear departed friend, Mark. <sighs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Maybe oh I should play gosh. another. Can I play another? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hang up, hang up, hang up, hang up! They'll kill you. Hello. Hello. What do you think about the stamp hike? Say what? The stamp hike. What do you think about it? I hadn't thought about it. Really? Yeah. Well, what about the infiltration gap? I don't care about that either. What about the slaughtering of cows? Well, they're good to eat. Are they? Hmm. Well, what do you think about the football strike? It doesn't bother me in the least. Doesn't know you like football? Don't care about it. What's your favorite sport? Uh, shooting small furry animals. Really? <laughs> Hunting? Yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. You should have a higher IQ. Oh, why? <laughs> because you don't, apparently. What if my IQ is 180? <laughs> it's very low because it's not possible to have an IQ that high. Goodbye. Goodbye. IQ scores can register into the 200s. So Mark was correct in this case. And also, probably, he did have an IQ of on 180. Or he believed himself to have that IQ. I love the way he says stamp hike. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if, did he call like the same guy? No. Oh. It's just Jackson. <laughs> Jackson, Michigan. Just all the dudes in Jackson, Michigan yeah. in the 80s sounding very similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another person who was pretty engaged with Mark. Yeah. 
there. He was uh, he was game until Mark uh, <clears throat> insulted his his game hunting. Yeah, I called it disgusting. Yeah. Oops, he, he lost him there. He did. He's like, well, He's gotta like, go. Oop, you you, you had me there for a second. I was really, <laughs> I was really enjoying. I was playing this game with you, kid. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Oh my gosh! But don't you come for my my game hunting? Yeah. Don't insult who you who you are hoping to engage with on a prank call. Well, you know. Unless you want to get them all fired up. I think Mark probably did ultimately want he to get them fired seen, up. He's a pot star. We talked about that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he even admits in the beginning of this episode that he started that fight with his mom just so you'd have something interesting to listen to. Boy, that about was... his poor, poor mother. I mean, yeah, the whole, the whole argument is really um, unfortunate. Because mm, it's 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 all on the tape, the whole argument. Oh yeah, oh. it's a mm-hmm. it's a bummer. <laughs> He's like harassing her about um, whether they put the cat out or not, and oh god! I mean, she'll shut the door and he'll just go goodbye, <laughs> and she comes back and like Mark, what are you doing? What I mean, and like, you can leave just, me alone. And she's really trying to reason with him. She's like oh, really trying. Her. She's trying. I mean, it really. Oh. Yeah, Deanne, his mother. It seems very reasonable. Yeah, she does. Um, but he, a lot of the tape. Um, maybe I'll play a little bit of an excerpt. The next excerpt I'll play is a. Uh, he would go on these monologues on the tape mm. about his life at the time. Let me. I'll do two short ones. Okay. Maybe if you can make enough money and you feel like coming up here in February, then you will be able to see the neat sort of things that have been happening around here, like redecoration of the house. Now this is a problem that we all know about. Spending money ruthlessly on things that are unimportant such as wallpaper, carpeting, flooring, and new telephones that fit the proper color of the kitchen. Now, is that foolish? I say yes, but you may say nay. We don't know which way you will say. So let's go play. And and, and I'll say, fuck you, Mom. And she'll say, huh? You can't talk to an adult that way because I'm an adult and adults are better than kids because kids are not people. And it's true. Kids aren't people. They're baby goats. That's Mark weighing in on his mother's uh, decoration of the house. They had just moved to Syracuse. Uh-huh. Yeah. Poor poor mother. That's all I can say. Rest in peace. Honest to God. I... She had her hands full with those two boys. Holy cats and dogs. I, uh... Can you share the story of how Mark's father passed away? Okay, so Mark had a very... I assume I never met him. I really wanted to meet Mark's dad because I was like, where is this energy coming from mm-hmm. with this kid? Like, this friend of mine, this this person that was... A, I mean, I, he was magnetic to me. I began blowing my nose loudly because he did. Eating I began with your fist. I did. Like a I almost. I just his performative nature really rubbed off on me and really sparked my own. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I wanted to entertain him. He wanted to entertain me. 
But where did this spirit, I mean, he and his brother were just powerful. I mean, they were also violent and very like, Mm -hmm. they fought like terribly, like brutal, bloody battles. Um, But his father lived uh, in rural Missouri, Mm -hmm. in Donovan, Missouri. And from what I could tell from what Mark would tell me, which of course may not have been true. So he didn't see his father that often because he lived with his mom. Yeah. He would only see his father for a few weeks a year, it seemed Mm -hmm. like. Um, But his father seemed like a very large personality Mm -hmm. and also large. Um, but his father died, um, and this really was another hint or sort of just the backstory to Mark and um, and Mark's brother, too, because Mark's brother kind of was in and out of prison. He was a drug dealer, um, car dealer. I mean, real just <clears throat> yeah. interesting. Uh, and he's also passed away. Um, yeah. Pa- he, had, he passed away before Mark, and then Mark's mother passed away, and then... But Mark was the last surviving member of his family. But his father died first. Mm-hmm. And apparently, his father was returning a video cassette to a video cassette store. Like a blockbuster. A blockbuster or something. Uh, and when he was informed by the person behind the counter that the tape had not been rewound and that there would be an, an extra fee, a $5 fee, Mark's father leapt over the counter and attempted to strangle the clerk. And in the process of doing so, had a massive heart attack, heart attack and dropped dead. Wow. <clears throat> Thereby, meaning I would never meet Mark's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, because God, I wanted to see, I just wanted to see. Be kind, rewind. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is that inappropriate? <laughs> I'm just saying I, that I, would always be on every there was tape a little, from. <laughs> there was a bit of, there was a, there was a little, uh, there was a lack of kindness mm. that kind of seemed to run through yeah. um, his family. His dad introduced him to LSD when he, I think he was 13. Wow. He introduced him to marijuana, alcohol, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mark would come back from these trips to Missouri and uh, was like, wow. He And Mark became very, maybe his, his dad must have been the same, but Mark became evangelical about drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Yes, he was. And uh, he, I mean, he was my, he was my dealer. He was my pusher. He he introduced me to all, all kinds of drugs. And uh, you know, Mark died young. Good he came on tour with Sebado a lot. He loved going on tour with us because it was just like a free for all, you know. Mm-hmm. He really appreciated, like, well, we, <laughs> he loved that. You're like, here's the club, and you walk backstage, and there's everything you want, and mm-hmm. and, and he just he loved it, mm-hmm. and uh, so he would he would save he would make vacation time around the Sebado tour so he could come and hang out with me and uh, hang out backstage, but. Yeah, the last time I spoke with him, we were in we were in line at Target, and he had called me, and I was trying to like manage this conversation with him while checking out at Target. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting because I was there like trying to just we were just gathering all of our domestic things, you know, our big boxes of cereal and our household cleaners, and and 
I think it, it sort of underlined how like I was fully I'm domesticated like I understand you know and that and Mark and the conversation that I was having with him it was very clear that he was undomesticated and he was literally talking about moving out of the country mm-hmm. because he was so enveloped in this sort of pandemic uh, paranoia and just political paranoia and was I'm moving out of the country and anyone who doesn't is an idiot and I'm going I'm getting out and I was just realizing what a funny juxtaposition this was where I'm like, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm the most important thing to me right now is, you know, buying tissues. Mm-hmm. And I didn't speak to him after that. And he didn't, but the thing is he didn't call me after that, even though we didn't have like, there was no argument. There was nothing. It was just that like, Mark, I have to go. Mm-hmm. And then I would debate, like I would think about him. I'm like, I, should I call him? And I'd be like, I want to call him. I kind of want to know what's going on with him, but I do not want to listen to this wild talk. I don't want to hear the wild talk. I don't want the pot stirred. I don't want my pot stirred because he still had that ability to do it to me. He still had the ability to quicken my pulse. He still had the ability to like, and there's not a lot of things in my life now that are capable of doing that because I spend a, spent a lot of time managing things. and uh, But Mark was still capable of doing that. I just could not bring myself to contact him. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that I said was a text when I was really, you know, as we've been doing the podcast, I thought, I really want to share this tape and I want to kind of touch base with Mark. And I knew that he would be fully totally okay with me sharing this tape um, because he did really want to be like a, a star. You know, he did want to be noticed. He oh, did yeah. want to be, he did want to be <clears throat> talked about. I think he, he would have, you know, I mean, he would have loved these episodes. Yeah. Oh, well, wherever you are, Mark, we're thinking of you. I had a, did I tell you <laughs> the dream I had? Hmm. Um, shortly after I found out that he had, he had died, I had a dream, a very vivid dream where, um, he was across from me, and I, I said, Mark, you died. And he said, no, I didn't. I said, Mark, you did. You died. He's like, no, I didn't. And it was like this, it was like a very real conversation. Mm. He, was, and he was adamant, like, I am not dead. Wow. And then I, I was yelling at him, like, Mark, you've died. And I relayed that story to his ex-wife, and she was... Like that's perfect. Sounds like Mark. Contrarian. Yeah. Dude's death. Well, thank you, listeners, for uh, being a part of our Mark. Mark Harris tribute. Our Mark Harris tribute. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.